Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to Ben the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful Friends. Welcome back to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are talking about your comments. We have tons. As we have so many. And, you know, we love Follow Up Friday. And I want to, we say we want to do this more often where we dive back into your guys' comments because you guys are leaving us so many great on comments on YouTube. And it sort of works as a way to just talk about your theories and all sorts of stuff. So uh, nonetheless, here we go. Um, so here we go. So this was on our big, uh, this was Will Sansa Mary Aegon Targaryen here. So here's another one from Lady Ashley of Noth. Well, actually, that was a response to her video. Well, you're getting another one. Why? Because she's like the comment queen. Oh, yeah, she is. Over, over, over on the YouTube. So um, so here she goes. So she's saying, uh, that was so cool, guys. You know, thank you for reading my comment. Uh, and the idea was, you know, will Sansa end up marrying young Griff? She says, uh, you know, I'm, I 100% agree with you guys that um, telling Kevin Lannister the truth, right, as he's getting ready you know, to die as he's invested in false egg on success as he said he was. My tinfoil theory, though, is that while Varys may have been talking to Kevin, the message was actually for somebody else. The raven that had been perched on the windowsill. After Kevin shoots, after Varys shoots Kevin Lannister, we're told it flew up, but nothing more. It could have been somewhere else in the room or hovering outside the open window. In any case, I suspect Blood Raven was in that bird and Varys used Kevin to relay a message about false Aegon because Blood Raven was the single biggest impediment to every previous Blackfire rebellion. And now that he's stuck thousands of miles away, there's not a damn thing he'll be able to do about this one. Nor could Blood Raven have seen it coming because it was orchestrated beyond his reach in Essos. There's no evidence of weirwoods there. So this could be a good way of Varys saying checkmate. Um, so she goes on a little bit more, but I think we'll just start with with that part right there. Es. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually really like this. And uh, the, the idea that that Blood Raven was, again, putting these Blackfire rebellions down um, using sort of, you know, him being fluent in maybe some of the dark arts some glamour stuff like he has some some magical ability Varys, especially in the show they hint at this a lot he's very anti-magic and power and he's more into just modern day like 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 he is a spy master he's he's a trickster uh aware of many different faces and masks so this would be kind of really cool he's almost that like i don't know how to explain it like he's he's, he's of a lower 
not really a lower class, but he's a, like almost of like a working class and really just wanting to do things for the realm. And he does it over in Essos. He starts these these plots and stuff. And this is something that, you know, kind of um, he's going to, as she said, say checkmate in the end here and finally got it, finally did it for the family, finally got uh, the, the Blackfires to sit on the throne and got a seat at the table more so. I think that's a great, great idea. Yes. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> 100%. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, it is uh, interesting because I think, you know, we kind of forget in the show because this show some sort of taints our, our view. Um, remember, like the whole deal about Varys and what happened with him. Right. Remember, he was like he was became a eunuch uh, and there was like, you know, perhaps magic involved. Right. Um, in the show, we see the other. What is her name? Is it Kinvarna? Is that okay, her name? Yeah, Kinvara or something like that. Kinvara. Yeah, yeah the other red priestess red. we see for like one episode. Right. Um, you know, she like says something to Varish, like whispers it in his ear, and then we don't we never really saw what she said to him. Uh, but it like obviously I mean it like scares Varys. Right. Oh, so, yeah, you know, again, take that with a grain of salt because it's a show, but perhaps, you know something that george told them but obviously that character doesn't exist but it could have he could have said you know maybe it's melisandre that says something to him later well right um maybe it's maybe it's something else but it still just ties into the character that maybe there is something going on with magic that uh varus doesn't like go ahead yeah i just think it's interesting you know this is a, a season six character right so kinvara a red priest one of the high-ranking leaders in the faith of relore uh, and I want to go look like, is she a substitute for like other red priest or, or, or priestesses, you know, that the show was like, yeah, we need to feature a female or we need to, I don't understand, you know, like there were other, so like Makoro and stuff. It's like, why didn't they go with someone like, like that? You already had Melisandre. Um, it's just interesting that they made this character up in you wonder like okay is she going is she going to come up in the series is this someone who we just haven't met yet in the actual book series and george gave this to them or or what because yeah she's very involved with varus and, and you feel like there's um it, it helps to amplify his resentment towards magic you know it's like when he has when he converses with her it's like okay you understand this guy threw through uh things into the flames and he's like seeing all this and he's he's freaked out by all of it and was he was uh, assaulted and everything it's just awful you know and it's just like a crazy story inside of the movie or the, the the tv verse that's not there in the in the books yet and it's just like did they just make that up or is it you know? or is it or or are we going to meet more red priestesses in winds of winter right as yeah. magic begins to get expanded um you i mean that's I, I do th I do think that whether we meet more red priestesses or not, I think certainly what's going on in Old Town is going to be expanded more, and just the the we will see more magic and more magic users in Winds of Winter and the you know Dream of Spring if we ever get it. I mean, we're right. still in Winds, obviously, but um, I do do think we will begin to see more red red priestesses. I'm guessing right and more relore. I mean, if this whole thing is supposed to come down to a battle of ice and fire, I would imagine we would see some more. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, what the so the known red priest in the book series, I have him here. We've got like 
uh, Benero, the high priest of Relor from Volantis. Thoros is there. We've we've seen Thoros quite a bit. Uh, Makoro called the Black Flame. He's on the crew with uh, Victorian Greyjoy. Uh, Melisandre of Ashai called the Red Woman. She counsels Stannis. Uh, let's see here. There's another one in Bravos that passes by. It's like, uh, oh, I can't even pronounce it. As as Azalino, maybe okay. is what it is. And then and then Kinvara is TV only. They have it listed here as TV only. So. Yeah, they're human beings, um, and like other human beings, they they vary greatly, and that's what that's what George's quote kind of on the Red Priest that they're human beings, and just like other human beings, they they vary greatly in their maybe approach to Rolor and um, their dedication, what they see in the flames. Like there's that human element that George explores and says, yeah, we're human, and so you make mistakes. Like Melisandre is at first. When she comes in, this bigger deal, and we're like, "Holy shoot, she's got powers! She can like withstand a poisoning. She can she can see stuff. She's birthing shadow babies. Like she has real power." Uh, but then you see the flaws, the human side, the interpretation, the fears, or whatever. And so, I, I just think it's really interesting to see how Varys is going to be, you know, in contrast to them. He like this whole this whole plot. He's he's familiar with Relore and all the magic and stuff over there. That's something that's kind of like migrated over to to westeros kind of new you know yeah an argument uh being made here is that kinvara replaces benero and makoro yeah okay was was, was her role yeah i gotcha gotcha and i just wondered because yeah look at makoro I, I was like man if they brought a, a guy like that in it would have been very interesting and would have showed sort of another side to you know it's just interesting they used kinvara so she's right, great i mean She's yeah, cool. she she is cool for her little time on the show. Maybe they just I my my guess is um well yeah I if you want my real answer, my guess is they are like we're gonna bring in another, you know, attractive female to attend to get more viewers. I mean, in all honesty, that's probably number one why they did it. Uh and then number two is she looks like <clears throat> it's I think it's easier to show somebody that also looks like Melisandra. And because yeah. we've already been introduced to Melisandre, we have, you know, somebody like Makoro, if you came, if you brought that guy in like that on the show, it'd be like, uh, what's going on here? This is like way different. Well, yeah, you're almost wondering whether they're part of the same faith or or like it's very easy to see they're wearing the same garb. And so right. I think for your your uh, mainstream audience, you come in, you're like, OK, yeah, I get it. I know exactly. I don't have to think much about Kinvara. I just know she's another duplicate of Melisandre, you know. And if you had somebody else who's dressed slightly differently, like, okay, is he from a different sect in the, in the culture or the, or the religion um, or, or, or what, you know, cause he, he does have, he's got the, he's got the tattoos. He's got all sorts of, right. you know, crazy, crazy features. And they wouldn't have had to, had to do that necessarily, but um, yeah, it's just, uh, so you wonder now then if that, if, if she replaces someone like Makoro or whatever, is then he going to be in opposition to Tavares? I mean, he's on his way. He's right outside. He's about to have a big interaction with uh, Daenerys. And Kinvara in the show was very much preaching that Daenerys is is this person, you know, like almost in opposition to, to, to Melisandre. Like, it's all like they have their, their horse in a race that they're backing, you know? And Stannis is Melisandre's horse until Jon Snow shows up. And then uh, Kinvara in the show is like, you know, Daenerys is all about... Uh, pushing Daenerys forward it's like they got to get on the same page they should be communicating through the flames and figuring stuff out because you yeah. guys are selling us on on two different heroes here now do you think now I guess we'll we'll tie it back into the the blood raven thing here do any I mean does Varys know Varys know hey think rape 
I don't know. Maybe. I guess I guess could he in theory could he you know would I'm sure he he knows who Blood Raven is. Now that would have to tie into him being a secret Blackfire and just assuming not being Varus would be not trusting of any Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh Thousand yeah. Eyes and One. Right. If that if that is sort of the if that is sort of the case, then right. but I mean it is it is in interesting that Varus does say that to Kevin as he's getting ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, what, and it's it's like it's 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 words that either so with George and I, I like um, Ashley's comment because yeah, it's it's like it's like for us, but if you pay close attention and there's something else there in the room, like if there was no one and no mention of anything else, and it's sort of like. What's he gonna do later? Say there was one of the one of the little birds was inside the wall that was wasn't working for Varus or something. You know that's kind of weird, because um, any of those little wist, like the little spies inside the the keep are like tied to him. You know, uh, so it's like it's like yeah, if there's a a raven there or whatever that could be listening, that's intentional. You 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 put that there as a device, whether he uses it or not. Like George at least set up a way to say, okay, I can tie this back, and this is again how blood Raven and Bran can, can use the Werewood network and then see things through Raven's eyes and all that kind of stuff to, to gather and, and have information, you know, cause that's a big, a big leap. It's like Varys seems to know a lot, but then we find out he's very human and is limited in his network. Whereas like Bran and blood Raven are tapping into magical powers. And it's like, whose network, who has a better network, a better scheme, a better plan. What are the limitations to both? You have to have limitations to some degree. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good comment. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great comment. Okay, um, shifting gears here, and we're just gonna be kind of jumping around to a lot of different uh, comments here on YouTube, just so we can kind of talk about things. So we did a video. Uh, it was kind of our April Fool's video, but then we actually had a really sort of fun discussion on it about Moon Boy, and actually got some interesting comments on here. And the topic was, did Cersei actually sleep with Moon Boy? Because uh Tyrion says it to Jamie but then Jamie reflects on it quite a bit and then Moonboy actually pops up so you can go check out that video on our YouTube and we also did a podcast on it as well but um here we go so some comments here anyone else think that Moonboy is actually from House Dane keeping an eye on the uh council slash king on behalf of the Dornish folk who raised Jon Snow for the first year of his life uh knowing that he was actually secretly the royal Targaryen uh, are we are are we sure that Gerald Dane isn't Moonboy? Evidence points to him being of the night. So I was actually kind of I I had never heard this theory, but we had more than one comment on it, and so I was like, okay, maybe this is something people are actually. I've mm-hmm. never heard that theory. Right. Not, okay, so, I I, de- I definitely don't think he's Gerald Dane because yeah, I don't. Feel like they would they would recognize him, but yeah. Um, of house dane there are a lot of unnamed people from that house well it's it's interesting and what whatever george was going to do with house dane and in this whole you know uh gap that he was going to have and aging up um ned dane you know things that he might have been trying and shifted gears maybe moon boy does somehow play into that because we said he's athletic he's acrobatic uh he's not what you think when you think of a classic fool like he's very strapping very you know they say he's got like this this moon Fate, whatever like round face or whatever but still he's he's doing back flips all over the place i don't care what you say i think, he, I think he's doing a lot more than that i think he's doing certainly well he's I, at it but i think you know. <laughs> i think he is well and also to 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 kind of catch her eye the whole point of that conversation too it was meant to be kind of a joke but at the same time it got serious because jamie literally and we talked about it with with kaylee jamie actually thinks a lot about 
uh, that whole situation. So I think he actually did. So he's he's at least attractive enough or or whatever to catch Cersei's eye and, and be in her bed. I think it's like confirmed, like like the, she she actually did uh, hook up with Moonboy. Now the Gerald Dane conversation uh, when we when we originally had this this topic come up, I looked at all of the moon symbolism and imagery around it and the association to maybe the others and different things. But when I heard this Gerald Dane piece, I thought, okay, what about of the night? And that's why people are saying Dark Star, right? They're they're talking about Gerald Dane. Um, but what about like Dawn is described as being, isn't it like some pale, milky, uh, right, pale, like pale pink, right? K- k- kind of, kind of coloring and almost like, like maybe like a, like a moon glow or, or, uh, something is it's very different than Valyrian steel. And so, but it's called Dawn, right? So it's not cause it's, 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 it's yes. different. It's different. Um, but I was trying to help, you know, make this make this work and sort of see some of the connections. But I, I don't know if he's uh, connected to House Dane or not. I don't really see how that would how that would work or, or what the or where that's going to go, really. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. It's just that's like it just seems like a lot um, for me to say that he's of House Dane. I will say there is and you can go watch our other video, you know, or listen to the podcast where we did a full sort of breakdown on, on moon boy. Um, there's definitely something going on with him. Even if it's just something where you can see Cersei's paranoia keep creeping in because on more than one occasion, moon boy is just like briefly mentioned in like a paragraph where it's like Cersei's doing something. She's like moon boy was there too. And then she immediately jumps to the Maggie, the frog like prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sort of starts to think about that, which is, kind of interesting like he's pretty closely referenced on more than one occasion like it's in multiple chapters yeah and then of course jamie thinks about him a lot and he actually sort of thinks well it's um kettle black right lancel and then moon boy and then it just gets like shorter and shorter and eventually he has a full-on dream of moon boy banging cersei so right i mean i think there's something there with him he has you know, I know he's not going to be a major character or anything, but I do think he. So we will get like a resolution of his character. He's probably going to be killed in some sort of fashion during some big battle of King's Landing or something. Or mm-hmm. maybe you find out that Elena Tyrell has a bunch of spies, and then you find out that Moon Boy happens to be one of them. Right. But something there's 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 something going on with him. But I I, I don't know that he's a Dane. I would I wouldn't say. Yeah, it, but but I think it wouldn't also I mean, it just because we don't really know who he would be reporting back to in House Dane or how that would further sort of a House Dane kind of um, push. You know what I mean? Not saying that he's not. I mean, really, we have next to no uh, evidence to go either way, like to put him in any house. I don't really think so. Right. I get the whole of um, darkness and darkness being associated with the moon and all that kind of stuff, too. That's that's really where you can go. Um but I feel like he's an informant for someone like he not just himself, but like he is a lot of these people like the Kettle Blacks are originally it's it's a it's a Baelish connection. And Baelish has sort of those like adult individuals who he's paying, whereas like Varys is using orphan children and and uh, Flea Bottom and stuff like that. He's he's using his little birds. Um, so different types of, of spy networks. And I feel like Moon Boy might be more attached to someone like Baelish. You know, I hate to say that, but I mean, it might be the case or or just another great house in that area. So we'll have to kind of read and find out. But definitely going to be the undoing, I believe, of Cersei in a way. 
uh, or, or even just Jamie. It's it's a big crack in his image of his sister. And it's it's a as we were talking to KLEC, like a big shift for him where he's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out. And, and he's, he's thinking about uh, Brienne and she's thinking about him. It's really interesting to pay attention to what the characters think about, because whatever they're thinking about and dwelling on, like when we did Game of Thrones and uh, Ned is thinking about certain individuals quite a bit in the Tower of Joy and, and stuff like that. And Hal and Reed and the, the, those things, what they think about matters, you know, and it's like so Jamie's thinking about Moon Boy. Uh, thinking less of Cersei and more about Moon Boy and what maybe happened, right. and also also then more about Brienne, and so there's this big shift away. So it just could also be only that. That could be the only thing George is doing with it, but we don't really think so. We think there's there's definitely more going right. on. So right, I'm just hoping for that. You know, the only the only thing I'm hoping for is that Cersei and Moon Boy only fans. Um, so here. <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> Could you imagine Jesus? Uh, somebody just spat coffee out of their nose? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, switching gears here again. Where does this is sort of high flying here? So, um, so this was one we did on uh, the Horn of Winter, um, okay. and and who and who left it there. So, uh, got a comment here from Red Laddie. The other thing that made me think it was. Uh, she said, or I guess maybe these two go together, but I think this one's topic. So I've always thought it possible that book cold hands put the dragon glass there. So who left the horn of winter and the dragon glass cash, right? That we find right. Uh, in a clash of Kings when, yep. when John and, and ghost and everybody, and we all find yeah. it right at the fist, at the fist of the first men. Yep. Says um, who put the dragon glass there. Unlike uncle Ben, uh, Benjamin, right? Who we don't know where he is. We do know cold hands is down there. Cause he runs into the Sam and the first men. The other thing that made me think it was cold hands was ghost reaction. Um, you know, the way John describes the cold and mm. it's terrible and abnormal ghost has seen the frozen dead before and didn't like them. He acted weird then too. I think cold hands could have even been there and shown ghost where to look or perhaps tell him to go see John. Um, it seems like he is a skin changer as well with his connection to the elk. Ooh, that's interesting because he does have a connection with the elk. And again, we've always just thought about the Ravens that sort of, um, uh, the murder of Ravens that is like kind of following, you know, him throughout the woods and stuff. So we think that's just blood Raven. Right. But I mean, maybe he's, he's all in well connected former student of, right. of blood Raven. People believe in those types of things. Like you're on being a student that, didn't work out then we should switch to brand but then you go way back to cold hands who maybe had also a mission as well i don't know um because yeah. there's the whole friend reference you know he's definitely connected to blood raven and uh yeah so it's it's kind of a, a crazy thing to think he's a skin changer that's actually pretty cool and then and Could then be. and then really if it's like if you know i just really struggle with this whole thing with the children of the forest creating in the show creating the others right and then now they've got blood raven there who he looks trapped he looks like he can't get away you know what i mean like he went there and maybe was ambushed i don't know who's controlling who up there my friend you know it's just like when brand i go back to this and i i, I did this years ago but when when brand goes in and he asks if he's the three-eyed crow and he's like who what are you talking about right you know what i mean like whatever led him there is not necessarily the, the figure who he's learning from is not making the connection to the the image that Bran is seeing. George is way too smart 
to to not like it should have just been like yes right you know i understand like i am who you've been seeing you finally made it but it wasn't that easy there's something else going on and so i think like i don't know blood raven really wants to be captured and, and tied to a tree and and is like old and like maybe it's something that maybe it is a life preserving thing and he's cool with it and he's just dedicated to this cause but he seems trapped in that cave and death is associated with that cave so cold hands is dead and he seems like one of the whites or one of the others but he says blood raven is a friend i just think something else is going on melisandre sees him as the great other in the flames and this boy wolf there i honest to god think brand's in trouble up there i'm not gonna lie and i don't know if I, I, thinks that but like you guys have got to go check this out and, you know matt we had all these conversations early in the podcast where it was like Way back in the day, we didn't have uh, the you Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit Credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. To following the subscribers and that kind of stuff, I kind of feel like we need to go back because I'm down. <laughs> there's something wrong <laughs> in the cave. It's not good. Jojen's gonna die. Uh, Jojen also is blindly following i think the same sort of thing like i don't think he really i think he's also a young boy being misled a little bit we trust jojen the same way we trust melisandra we're just like we're like yep sure that person has green sight sure they can see into the flames and it's like i don't know that we should be trusting this young boy as much just because a few things are proved to be true like he sees sort of the invasion um of uh, or he sees the, the taking of of Winterfell, that doesn't mean that everything he sees, like he understands exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. All right. Then we've we've done we did a bunch back in the day, and we actually did so much that people were like, "All right, guys, it's time to switch to something <laughs> else." Because people just kept something in comments. We're like, "Okay, well, we're going to talk about it." But um, yeah, we could always we could definitely always revisit revisit a lot of that stuff. Like, the, there's so much behind it too. Like, the difference of crows and ravens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. big deal and then brennan rivers is there right yeah, uh yeah and is he the three-eyed crow he right got- is 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 the three-eyed crow you know there then you have the great other and then you have you know is that are they two different things is the three-eyed crow its own thing 
Right. Exactly. I should yeah. I should real real quick. I should just reference. It's it's the and it's called the three eyed crow in the uh, books. It is called the three eyed raven in the show. Right. It's the exactly. three eyed. It, yeah. Just so for separate. But sometimes we mix up and say both. But yeah, it's it's the three eyed crow, and that is a difference, right? In the show, it's just whatever. But here, it's crows and ravens, and they're different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are, man. And I don't even, you know, like I don't like either. I don't like them. I don't trust them. They're tricksy birds, right? So they're they are they're tricksy birds. Let me just see real quick here. Uh Brendan Rivers. Like you go in here, and I think the wiki's even a little bit, they stop short of saying that Brendan Rivers is like the three-eyed crow. Um, and then and then you have the last green seer. Well, that's so which is it? Is he the last green seer or is it three-eyed crow? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let me see if I can find the actual quote here for you guys, because th- this is something else, I, I think, because the, the wiki has him listed as like the, the three eyed crow um, and that when you get there, he's the last green seer and, and, and whatever. Um, but that's not the way he responds when Bran asks him about it. Oh, in a, in a dance right. of dragons. So let's go up here to dance of dragons. Um and and the, all the evil, all the bones, and all the all the stuff that's associated with like death in there. I just don't, you know. Uh, yeah. And then Three Eyed Crow is the one who's talking to Brand the whole way. He keeps seeing it, and it's all about opening your third eye or whatever. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Close your. Okay. Let's time. Let's go. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, and then you know, I got a picture pulled up here. Probably what it, I mean. A lot. There's a lot of fan art, and almost all the fan art looks like this sort of uh, a thing, right? Is like Blood Ravens almost being like sucked into the wall. Like, are they feeding yeah. on him? Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Exactly. Look. Why is he? It doesn't seem like pleasant. It doesn't seem like this is something that would be, uh, you know, a, a good thing. Um. He seems he seems captured. He seems like he disappeared and didn't come back from arranging or something. Right. Like Benjamin probably did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so there's there's something going on there. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'll have to find it for you guys. We'll have to do a whole other episode on that where it's just like it's it's kind of a, a oh, mind boggling thing. Yeah, because because we haven't done one in a while. And it's always one of my favorite things just to go in and, and talk about because there's there's just they're not the same. They're not the same person, I don't think. And I hope people yeah. already leave us comments on this and let, let me know what you guys think. Like, like, do, do you find anything fishy or or something uh, that's not right up in the cave more than because I, I just don't like that Jojen, as young as he is, goes up here and this is his death. And he's just like going along with like, yeah, forcing my death. It's up there with this weird old guy uh, who's the, who's the three eyed crow, but like doesn't respond, doesn't seem to even know who the three eyed crow is when Bran asks about it. And it's like, so go read those chapters in a dance of dragons. Like one of the final, um, it's when he first meets blood Raven and you're like, okay, they move right past it. And I'm telling you, there's something wrong with that. Yes. Yes, there is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just, uh, we'll st- maybe stay on this topic just a little bit. Uh, let's try to see if there's any other really good comments. Oh, we, uh, we did have one. I wanted to read this. So this is, um, you remember Seastar, uh, who, who sends us also yes. a lot of comments, right? Um, this is on, if you want to, it's the Rhaegar. Above all, Rhaegar was able. Oh. Remember that video? So if you want yes. to pull that one up, she's got one of the top comments on there. And I just think I've always thought this conversation is really, is really good. You know, when we looked at, and again, people like it because it's the idea that Rhaegar is 
possibly still alive. And we did a great theory the other day on the elder brother and on the quiet aisle and how that could possibly be uh, one of the Martells. And uh, I think it was, yeah, like, like Prince uh, who was in the Kingsguard. Yeah. Uh, Martell. And that he died. It was supposedly died at the battle of the Trident, but then washed downstream was still alive, became the elder brother of this whole thing. And it all kind of fits into the story of Rhaegar and is Rhaegar, you know, actually still alive. And is he, um, is he ate? Well, is he Mance Raider who is also goes by bail, um, you know, and then able, I don't know the whole, the whole, the whole theory you guys can, can, right. can yeah, there it is. There's the code. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, yeah, I believe that Rhaegar was into some immortal life magic the way John did died and came back as an example of what I think Rhaegar was looking for. What if he glamored someone else to look like him, fight Robert and die. Then Rhaegar went North to find the children of the forest while he, while there he somehow, um, you know, became the night King. I'm not as clever as George, but just sort of as a, yeah, just a thought, uh, just a, just just right just just as as a thought and you know we, we've definitely done a lot of videos on is Rhaegar uh this was one of them obviously is 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 Rhaegar somebody else is he potentially still alive for me it's ultimately it it, it always comes down to the rubies right yeah. in that he dies on the, the ruby ford which is you know named after that uh and you talk and then we see the only other time we see rubies is in association with glamours so absolutely matt the other thing is that like the elder brother story that we were talking about the other day uh this this theory you guys can go look it up we'll put a link for it It, it's unbelievable because they talk about the rubies washing down and and then being collected in some of these things like people looking for them and just like looking for like armor that was like from the battle of the trident all these different things so it's just referenced again and George, whenever he points to something again and says, yep, the rubies are back. Or I talked about Rhaegar's rubies. And like he does it again and again to where it's just like, why? Why the emphasis so much on it? And then you see later on, it's revealed that they have magical properties. Melisandre uses one, has one attached to her. Uh, Moonstones also are a big deal or, or whatever else it is that like like Blood Raven was using originally for his glamour. It's just it's it's there and it's subtle, but also it's repeated. Right. It's subtlety that's repeated over and over. And you're like, oh, th- we have to pay attention to that. So I've always thought there, there is something more to it. And, and it was a great sort of uh, find, I guess, with the um, with the elder brother. Now, something else, another video here that we have. We've talked a lot about uh, Vale and Daenerys. So this is also kind of Sea um, Star also kind of brought this up. Well, uh, on a different video, same day, different comment. Um, but she said, if you believe that Mance Raider is Sir Arthur Dane, then it makes sense that Val, probably short for uh, Valeria, is the baby born of the Tower of Joy, making her Stark slash Targaryen princess. Also, uh, the don't forget that the show combined character stories. So some of what happened to John in the show may actually uh, happen to Aegon in the books. The same with Danny and Val. So it's just this whole uh, this whole idea that the Rhaegar storyline could continue on North. Val is still there. Um, there's connections to just the, the way in which uh, Rhaegar inspired people and he was able, he was above all else able. And he was, he was someone who could motivate and bring people together. And he was trying to do that at the tourney of Harrenhal. And if this guy, then if things didn't go right during Robert's rebellion is somebody who's in exile far North. And you have the connection with Vale, who looks very Targaryen or, or Valyria like, right. 
Um, we have babies. We have the king beyond the wall. I mean, like, just think about that. Like, like, yes. like he's the king beyond the wall. He's there originally written in Game of Thrones. George thought about him a long time ago. Why wouldn't we have a guy like that who's in exile and who is fascinated with magical beings and stuff? His uncle is there. Like he's got he's got Bloodraven up there. He's got Aemon up there. There's more Targaryens at the wall than we realize. There's Targaryen loyalists up there. It seems like not the place that they would go or or be because we think of the Starks, but I'm telling you, more and more of them are up there than we than we realize. And it's like freaking Jon Snow's up there. So there's just a lot more going on that's that's subtle. That makes you go, holy smokes, that's the perfect place for, for them to kind of go into hiding. You know, we think about Essos and the Black Fires and all this stuff where, where uh, Danny and, and, and Viserys go over and he's the beggar king and all this stuff. But there's a king beyond the wall. And it's just like he was next in line. And right after Robert's Rebellion is when he kind of pops up there. Mance Raider. Yeah, I know. He's he appears so much in the first in the first few chapters. Yeah, I I'm definitely for me, I just don't see again, you know, we've talked about this whole this thing a lot, but I know some people are on the idea that it's that Mance is Arthur Dane as yeah. a, and then some people are on the idea that he's Rhaegar. To me, it makes way more sense that he's Rhaegar than Arthur Dane. If that that theory right is is true, is is true is true at all. Um yeah. Just because Corin seems to be more associated with Dawn and right, you know, all of these things. And you begin to look at some of these characters that are up that are potentially up there and the oddities about them, right? I mean, Corin is like this ridiculously skilled swordsman. Everyone talks about how good he is. The knight, the the member the you know, the 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 wildlings fear him. Although to be fair, the wildlings probably fear any you know night's watch member who has some sort of would have any sort of like they would fear john if john didn't live the life he's just a normal ranger became a normal ranger they'd probably fear him because he's mm -hmm. was trained at a castle so he's way more you know skilled than the other people right are but corin isn't described as he's not sir corin the half hand he's just corin the half hand he's a normal guy who's right. so skilled at fighting uh okay there's you know there's something going on there yeah then mance raider is like there's way too much going on with him for it to not be like some weird thing he's able to unite all these people he like knows lords and ladies things about songs that have to do with dorn even though he's not just north of dorn he's above the wall uh oh. so he like seems to have this knowledge and then for me the big one in all honesty, is Tormund. Because Tormund makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. Tormund, if you go look at his um, and I'll I'll get get uh in, in credit uh to go go order the green hand has a really good video on yeah, it. They have a they, they have a really, really good video on the on it that Tormund is someone else where they break down the whole thing. Uh and you can go, you can go look at you know, other people have done stuff on it too. Um, I think Alt Shift X has one on it on, on it too. But uh, talking about torment and his speech, like sometimes he talks and he sounds like a wildling. And then sometimes he talks, but his like dialogue sounds like something that you like milady, right? It's like he, yeah, he says things right. that you just wouldn't say 
right. if you were yep. a wildling, go look at other random wildling speech. And then it's almost like he, after he'll say that, his next line <clears throat> is like a dick joke or something, as if he has to like overcorrect for what he just said. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To cover it up or something, right? And it's sort yeah. of like it's it's like yeah, this oh, is all shoot. obviously book torment. Like show torment is a very different, different. very yeah. different, very different. Show torment is awesome. Uh yeah, he is. Though, no, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but they're they're very different because book torment is a lot older too. Yeah, and it just makes you think like what what Matt's saying is there, there's some suspicious characters up there, right? Some big characters that are beyond the wall that are close to Mance that maybe have gone out and have their own missions, agendas. And again, time's gone on. Maybe they, maybe they part ways or, or they, they, there's some sort of separation because Corin and, and uh, Mance definitely were once brothers and there's some, there's some respect between them, but maybe they had different ideas on what to do. Tormund's interesting. Um, and it's just like, yeah, what this whole cast of, of characters up there, they feel like there's more to them than meets the eye. And there's something kind of suspicious about them, you know? So, and we just don't know much about the wildlings and we're instantly meant to like distrust them and not believe that they're, they're significant or that they matter that much because they're just beyond the wall and, and they're dismissible. But I, I just, yeah, we like to kind of point it out because that's what George is trying to do. That's what he loves to do that. Right. Is to sort of say, no, I've laid the, the, the breadcrumbs there the whole time. And if you go back and read it again, you you can kind of find them. Yeah crazy so. crazy um okay any more as that you have yeah. that you're specific? yeah you i got do okay. i do yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna share my screen here actually with you um tell me if you can if you can see yep. that does that pop up okay so uh we have this is again ashley this is on the horn of winter and i don't right. know if we've read this or not this was just uh this was again three weeks ago but i felt like if you read this this tinfoil bit i thought it was really good so if we've already covered so it that- i'm sorry no that uh but we we did just i i referenced one from that same video from that video okay okay um so ashley says uh, i've always suspected Benjamin stashed the dragon glass um you know there okay. by the fist yeah at the fist of the first man the description of the cloak did it for me the condition of it sounded a lot like Benjamin's clothes and were described during uh the winterfell feast in a game of thrones so i like the theory that Benjamin intercepted the horn from wildlings who found it tinfoil thought his group was attacked by whites and he was the lone survivor Having been rescued by Cold Hands, he was taken to Bloodraven's cave, where he resided until Bloodraven dispatched him to bury uh, the catch en route to Winterfell, where he was to covertly serve as the Stark in Winterfell. By the end of A Clash of Kings, there was no Stark left there because Bran and Rickon had left after Ramsay sacked the castle. Um, by covertly, I mean as the hooded man in Winterfell. Uh, on a brief aside, if true, it opens the door to Benjen, former First Ranger, uh, potentially rescuing Mance Raider, the king beyond the wall. Given the historic uh, um, enmity between the Watch and the Wildlings, I think this scenario is really cool and gets to the heart of characters putting aside petty hostilities to focus on the real threat, the uh, impending long night. So I thought this was really good, man, because the idea here is that like he has a connection to Blood Raven. You understand why the show maybe did the Benjamin Cold Hands thing, even though it's supposedly been confirmed by George that they're not the same character, but maybe they were closely associated in the notes. And that's what the showrunners got with some close uh, association. And so, if, if, if again, uh, Blood Raven knows there's no Stark in Winterfell because he's again, somehow, possibly watching or guiding 
uh, brand north and knows that Rickon is also gone and you need that. Maybe that's also why there's such a stirring or, you know, the fist of the first men sort of happens right away. And, and that, that's why Benjamin's on his way to be that Stark to stop uh, whether it's some magical thing or it's, it's blood magic or who, who knows what it is. But having Stark blood in Winterfell matters for some reason. It seems to be a big thing there's sense of theories around it so he's on his way there but the others are stirring and it's caused them to kind of like you know i don't know mass produce or or or, or really uh reemerge because they've been dormant for so long they've been it's like what is it that's caused them to kind of do this is it is it the fact that the starks have been rooted out and there's they're all away and winterfell is is in disarray so if they're on the way if he's on his way back that's pretty cool that he would take up the seat there and then the real cool connection is that like the reason Bran and Rickon aren't there is because of Theon. Theon's the reason that they're not there. And if the hooded, the hooded uh, figure, the cloaked man, the hooded guy, is there in the Theon chapter and kind of calls Theon, I think he re referenced him as a, as a kinslayer. And is people wonder, is he a ghost? Is he real? Like, who is this person? So he's there, and it's just kind of interesting. It's an interesting connection to Theon, I guess. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Good yeah, I mean, so, so all, at, at the end of the day, as how do how do we how do we do we think it was just left there do we think it was it feels fresh very fresh yes exactly exactly so it's almost like um either benjen buried it there in haste and was gonna take it back uh or it was it feels like it's it's too much of a coincidence you know what i mean it feels like right. cold hands dropped it there or or benjen did it and then benjen was on his own secret see because the reason Benjamin wouldn't go back to the Night's Watch would be exactly what uh, Ashley said there is that he's had some interaction with Bloodraven or something that's told him, OK, I need to go covertly back through the wall and be in Winterfell for some reason. He has an like, otherwise. Right. Why wouldn't he just if he's right there that, like next to the Fist of the First Men, why wouldn't he announce himself and just come up and say, I'm back? I'm good. So, yeah. And it's like and he goes he goes like the thing is, he goes missing almost right away. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. And really, the only the only thing that we could see that would be an issue for Benjamin is we know, you know, that Waymar Royce, right, and uh, the other two guys whose names right. I always forget. Um, yeah, uh, right. They were just killed by another because we see it in the prequel or in the in the yeah in the, in the beginning chapter, the prologue. That's the word I'm looking for. So the prologue, right? They Gren, I think is right of his name, right, uh, or whatever. But anyway, yeah, they get killed. Right. And then the one flees south who gets beheaded by net. And then like two chap well, like three or four chapters later, Ben Jen's missing. He hasn't come right. back. Yeah. Uh yeah. like what so something happens within that that small, you know, little block of chapters that causes him to to either either he gets killed, attacked, or he decides I have to go do something else that's so important that mm -hmm. I have to pretty much almost abandon the night's watch. Yeah, and it's like in, in some weird way, he's going to still think he's serving the Night's Watch because they're, they're, he's, he's an honorable kind of character like that. But um, he's given a different purpose and he's on some long term sort of sort of mission. Uh, Corin says too, you know, like the old powers are, are, are waking. And so if Benjen realizes that it's like, yeah, this is still for the watch. What he's doing is still for the watch, but um, he's got information from someone. Because I think he's alive. I, I totally think he's alive. There's just no reason not to just have found his corpse or to, to George just doesn't do that. I don't know where it's just like, yeah, we never found him. And he just 
He's is he still missing? And it's a, it's a mystery. It matters. It's going to come back somehow. And again, it has to have been in the show note. I always go to like in the show. They were given some notes, and so for some reason they decided to make you know Benjamin cold hands. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's yeah. a strong yeah. association between the two. There's some. I yeah. I don't think that Benjamin. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Benjamin is cold hands. But I do think that yeah. I agree with you. There's some. There's some sort of association with them. I think they did it as like a fan, as a fan theory. But the thing about it though is, in order to do that, remember. The guy who plays Benjamin is only in like two episodes. Mm-hmm. They bring yeah. him all. They bring him back like many years later. Yes, there's not many characters that actually did that. That like came back, right? You know, you have to keep these actors, all this stuff. I and mean, look how many times, you know, whoever, whatever was recast. Uh, yeah, the mountains were cast like three times. Uh, right. You know, I mean, uh, Dario um, and yeah, Bear so. uh, Barrington Darian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is interesting that he's back and that they that he decided to do that. I just think um, there's something there. And so I love the comments that you mentioned earlier with the horn and cold hands and then Ashley's comment here with Benjen and there being a, a, a connection to Blood Raven somehow. Definitely yeah. in that cave. Awesome. Awesome. So. All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you guys for leaving us all these comments on YouTube. We appreciate it. It's super great because I love to be able to just dive in and respond. You know, we used to do follow up Friday as so much fun when everybody sent us Ravens. I'm sure follow up Friday will be back uh, when House of the Dragon comes. And we have a ton of House of the Dragons comments uh, to get to as well. I just thought maybe we'll just kind of main a song of ice and fire live dive this into but uh yeah so as always thank you guys for watching thank you guys for listening be sure to check out all of our other shows and content as well right you can do so by checking out uh, apple Podcasts. i think it's probably the easiest way because it has all there in a list uh we do we talk wheel of time star wars harry potter as and i are on tiktok by the way just like blowing it up you can yeah. find me anywhere on TikTok and anywhere on the internet at Super Games Bros. You can find Ez on TikTok at Hyperspace Hangout, which is the name of our Star Wars podcast. Anywhere else on the internet at Womprat underscore two. And be sure to check out all of our extended and extra content on Patreon and Apple Podcast Premium. And as always, guys, we will see you next time. And remember that winter is coming.